I'm always actually quite amazed at how many people listen to them, if I'm being honest. Uh, but they're just kind of the meanderings of Rob, uh, me and Rob, uh, about sport. And so today we're going to focus them on uh, event. Well, that's where we're going to start. That's where we're going to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't promise that's where it'll end. Um, but that's where it'll start. So, Rob... Whoa, 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 whoa. So if we're into the podcast now, that means I'm part of this. So I, I don't mind interjecting because before no, no. you were, yeah. So no, it's, uh, not, it's not just my dialogue. Yeah. do want to recognize that this will be the first podcast uh, with you, sir, uh, the Snoop Dogg of professors, um, now uh, <laughs> about to be enshrined in the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations, yes. sir. I. Yeah. Knew we were doing this, so I'd rather have held off and, and made it public. But I think that's awfully cool uh, that you will be joining us in Red Deer in the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. So congratulations. Thank you. Well, listen, I, I have some big shoes to fill because you are a member of the hall yourself. Um, so I think we're going to rename the podcast. Oh, yeah. What, hall two, two Hall of Famers solve nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's appropriate. All right. I, I, okay. I, anyways, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, I'm just going to say congratulations because we the, for your class they know about this, but for some of the podcast listeners coming over at Sport Calgary, they're going to be excited to know this. So I don't think my class knew this. Is I don't. This is not something I've. Sure what you didn't tell them? You were all you. So you're going to tell them that you're the Snoop Dogg, Doctor Dre of of <laughs> uh, of university and college life, but you're not going to drop that bomb on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm humble. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Okay. All right. So, so Rob, I want to. So we're talking about game day delivery. Yeah. Um, and I want to begin. First of all, let's talk about some of the. Actually, I was going to say what I was going to ask you to do sure. was to talk about some of the cool ideas you've done with the hitmen. But I think before we do that, I want to ask you. We talked about disco demolition yeah. in the 1970s. What are some of the inspirations to you? Uh, in so far as kind of really awesome game day event promotion ideas, are there any that stand out to you? Where you're like, yeah, that's that's a that's a really cool idea. Oh no, there's there's a lot, and you mentioned Bill Vac, and 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 I, you know, briefly when the uh, Calgary Vipers in their inaugural season, I was doing their games on radio, so I was on the first road trip. So the Calgary Vipers, they might they may not even know who they are. They might not even been born when the Calgary Vipers were here. Uh, so it was a minor league. It was a right. minor league baseball team um, that played at the stadium. Very minor league, I might add. Um, it, was, it was kind of a weird. I want to say the frontier. What was the name of the? League? No, it was the Northern League. It was the Northern League. Yeah, and and the funny part is the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, who are such a success in independent baseball, were in that league as well. And you know the St. Saint Paul Saints, who are you know the gold bearer, standard bearers, if you will, of minor league baseball, were in that league. And then it was the Calgary Vipers, who were just a gong show tire fire. But uh, it did allow me to go through and, and see some of these places. And I knew about Bill Vec, and, and and quite honestly, uh, you know, had had people on from St. Paul on my radio show before that because of just some of the really cool things that they do. So to me, it was. It was just kind of watching the advent of this, you know, Disco Demolition Night really was the one that went left when it should have gone right. It just went right off the rails. Bat Nights, there there was always, you know, for the longest time when you and I were kids, it was just expected you would go to the games. If you got something extra, you're, you're lucky. Somewhere in the 90s into the 2000s, kind of the streams crossed where, really game day promotion became pivotal and, and somewhat 
you know, necessary for all teams to look at. Um, probably had mostly most to do with the advent of television coverage and, and the access and then HD and the access. And, and I think that's one of the things that ticketed sports is really up against now is, you know, how do you draw someone out of their man cave or, you know, their house or the sports bar to come to, to, to be part of the experience, particularly when you're dealing with leagues and teams that have a lot of dates to fill. And I think game day promotion below the major league level has really started to flourish. I don't, I'm not sure it's quite at the major league level, but for me, um, you know, I, I consume all of that stuff. I loved the, um, one of the things that are particularly important for me are, are jerseys. Um, you know, I think when the NHL adopted a third jersey, that just kind of opened up my eyes to the potential of it. And, uh, you know, I think uh, traveling through the, the southern United States in the old um, indoor soccer league, I was the part-time voice of the Edmonton Drillers, another ill-fated professional sport loop. And we went into Wichita and saw the Wichita Thunder of the Central Hockey League play. And they had seven jerseys, home away, a third, and four theme jerseys. And I'm like, that's where I want to live. You know, that's the type of thing I want to do. Um, I just love the idea of, you know, of uh, of taking things and having fun with things and turning them on their head. Um, I, you know, you asked me the things that um, stand out for me. It's Valentine's Day. One of the coolest things I've ever seen, and I'm not sure it still happens, but the Kalamazoo Wings of the old International Hockey League used to dye their ice pink on Valentine's Day. And I always thought that was a really cool thing. Um, you know, I, I've inherited arguably one of the best charitable promotions, um, you know, going, which is the, the Hitman Teddy Bear Toss, which we've done now for, you know, 27 years, you know, 26 of them on ice. One was a Teddy Bear Lane last year. Um, you know, unfortunately, Hershey, Pennsylvania is doing a Teddy Bear collection, and there is a difference there. We do a, a toss, they do a collection, and you know, they've kind of crushed our numbers. But lots of things, David, that, that grab my attention for a long time now. Were we, were, were the Hitmen the first to do the teddy bear? Toss? No, 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 Where no, no. Kamloops did it in our league. And I'm not even sure they were the first to do it. We just, because of the bowl and the, and the popularity of it, we would provide that shot that would uh, cross platforms. CNN would carry it. ESPN would carry it all. You'd get international acclaim because you have the, all of these bears, you know, and, and the national hockey league won't do things like that. Right. Uh, right. and, yeah, and because we can't have the delay right uh, it, it, exactly yeah 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 so so going back to the class project then so we're not confined by those rules right because we're doing it for the hitmen yeah. so because it's junior league you've got a little bit more leeway on some of the things yep. you can do i did as, as i was preparing for this class i did come across some examples of valentine's day but i'm again not necessarily promoting there was like a a speed dating night and stuff. I don't know. Anyways, you may want to. No, say and that. and those are those to me. Those are the ideas I want to hear. Those are the ideas that, that interest me. I mean, this past this past uh, Friday on the Roughnecks, we did one that I thought was fantastic. Now, again, we should establish that I, you know, and I've said this before on this podcast. As far as I'm concerned, there are six original ideas. Everything's an offshoot of that. Like. You don't have to worry about reinventing the wheel. You don't have to come up with a one idea that nobody's ever done before. It's just come up with the best idea. And we took the kiss cam and made it a slow dance cam. And I thought we got just incredible reactions from the crowd. Like we got great video and people buying into it and things like that. It's, it's the subtle, it's the subtle things, right? Um, 
you know, it's picking a theme and then building out from a theme. And, you know, teddy bear toss is one thing, right? We score, the, the bears go. You know, a Valentine's Day game may have many, many elements to it. And I think that's where minor pro baseball is really the leader. They, they are so good at weaving th- different things into games. So you talked about the jersey thing. I want you to talk a little bit about yeah. um, the upcoming yeah. uh, theme night that the Hitmen are doing as it relates to the partnership with some of the First Nations yeah. uh, in the surrounding area. And talk a little bit of kind of how that came about and then the jersey side of it, but the entire connection to, again, this idea right. of, of having a theme. And I'm, and I'm not trying to suggest it's a theme night because um, it's more of a deeper connection from a league but from a league standpoint it is right from a league standpoint it is so that's the one you know I, I was going to save this one to the end because quite honestly this is the mic drop one that I you know would walk away from and say okay I've done what I wanted to do part of the reason I retired from radio and part of the reason I took the job here was in the conversations that I had with Mike Moore the the vice president of the uh, the hitman and the roughnecks was that we both shared an appreciation that again the sports world was tilting and shifting and we're seeing you know you can make that case that gambling and web and and uh online betting and things like that has also shifted pro sports but one of the things and we talked about it on on the last podcast we did was the importance of community inclusion all of the social things that are very important that we we're finally waking up to and starting to take seriously and how do we bring those in and and build around them and, and use sport as a platform. So we uh, connected with Siksika, I want to say four years ago. And at that time, it would have been very easy to say, hey, you know, we want to do an indigenous night. Come on in and, you know, you bring some dancers and and we'll make a, you know, crack a couple of jokes. And, you know, that stuff was just kind of very much on the surface. And, and I didn't want to do that. They didn't want to do that. You know, we, we were looking, to me, we needed to do something far more important. We have a platform. And I think that in, in the case of a social issue, so if you're, if you're planning and you're going to plan something and you're looking at a social issue, I think you have to look at the sports team as a platform. I think you have to look at the game as a platform. So two years ago, prior to the pandemic, we did our first Every, uh, Every Child Matters game. And I thought we were really successful in in kind of stretching out what uh, a theme game for a, a you know for a serious topic could be. So we did have traditional indigenous dancers that had been done before. We had uh, traditional uh, uh, anthem singers that had been done before. One of the things that we incorporated into that game is we broadcast the game in Blackfoot. So that was available online in the Blackfoot language. So that was a little bit different. Um, We created a series of uh, vignettes that talked about indigenous uh, role models and athletes and mentors and incorporated them throughout the game, not just at one or two points. So we had that through line. Um, The other part of it, too, was we took advantage of the dome space and something that was very important in, in the Siksika culture and something that's very important for their powwows is a round dance. And we said, okay, what if in the second intermission we invited everybody onto the concourse and we tried to do, you know, the world's biggest round dance? And we, we didn't know what to expect. Um, we were hoping to get, you know, some fans. We, when the second period rolled around, we had the entire concourse looped with, dance, uh, with fans doing a round dance. 
with some of the previous uh, traditional dancers that had already been uh, performing. So it was really special that way. So when we went to year two, we knew that we needed to do something bigger and better. That's how you grow these things. And, and naturally, I'm a big Jersey guy. And this is where I'm really, really excited um, for our game, which was originally January 15th, but because of the, uh, the protocols, we moved to March 27th so that we can have everybody in the building. You know, we, we, we took one of the three theme jerseys that we're allowed through the Western Hockey League to have, dedicated it to this game. Um, and normally the process is, is, okay, well, we'll design something and then, you know, we'll get it made. We turned it over completely to Siksik and said, what, you do it. Um, I think, you know, the, the backdrop of this would have been what we all learned and woke up to and realized and, and had to face, you know, as a society was the residential school issue, uh, which really hit, you know, hit hard last summer and coming off of that it just felt a little disingenuous for us to say well we're going to do a theme jersey and we'll put your logo on it so we turned it over to Siksik and said have at her and they designed a jersey um, now it's very much you know based on the Blackfoot culture and, and very much you know Siksika's view of it uh, which is fine um, we also work, you know, quite closely with Satina on other projects. As a matter of fact, we're playing two games out there this week at the Sportsplex. But this one was definitely a project done with Sik Sik and the Blackfoot culture. And they came back to us and they said, okay, here's the jersey, here's the socks, and what if we did the pants? So this time we did a whole kit. And um, it was just, it was wow. Like, we couldn't have come up with that. We, we wouldn't have come up with that, right? And their artist designed it, and we debuted it two weeks ago, and, and it's... Um, David, I hate to say runaway hit because it's got a serious connotation to it, but it's been very successful. And I think people appreciate that, you know, really in this case, the Calgary Hitman turned over that platform to Siksika to tell a story. So that to me is, I've done my job. This is what I wanted to do when I left radio. I wanted to prove that sports could have, you know, some significance and in, in, on social platforms and, and in social issues. And I think we're doing that with every child matters. Is it perfect? No. Can it grow? Yes. Um, but I would challenge, you know, for those who are getting ready to do their projects, that's one path to go down. That is definitely one path to go down. Yeah. And I think, I, I think you're right. There's, there's a couple of options. You could, you could take a, a very serious issue. Correct. Um, black lives. I mean, black lives matter. You could argue there were themes throughout that in the last couple of years, both at the professional and also the minor league uh, sport level. Yeah. You can take. You can look at serious issues such as that, such as uh, reconciliation. Yep. Um, and, or well, well, you let's. Take, you can play uh, LBGQT um, issues and things like that. The the one thing that I I would suggest and that I've learned in all of this is you need to have a partner. If you are going to, as a sports team, dip your toe into a social issue, then you need to have the partner who has the information, who has the background, who has the experience, who has the knowledge and things like that, because they can go south, right? You know, sometimes good intentions can go south. So we're very blessed to have a partner like Siksika. So, you know, as you're looking at your plans and you go, okay, this is an issue that I want to deal with. Who are the partners that you can bring into it? Who are the partners that are going? Because quite honestly, we've had other partnerships in the past that have just never felt the same. It's been more transactional. This one, if you're going to do a, a, a really good social 
theme inside of the platform of a sporting event, you need to have a, a, an invested partner in it, not somebody who looks at it transactionally. Right. And, and, in some, and sometimes, I mean, so there's the, the, the serious angle, and there's also the fun angle yep. that sometimes can cross over into serious questions. I came across as I was getting ready for the class <coughs> some other examples. There was a minor league baseball team during the kind of the doping scandals of the late 1990s yep. that did a, they gave away juice boxes to kids um, that had Jose Canseco's face on it or something like that. So Jose Canseco was a famous My- baseball player who was – um, renowned for using steroids. Well, my favorite one was uh, Calgary Flames uh, ECHL affiliate, the Las Vegas Wranglers. Um, who was uh, Dick Cheney? Remember Dick Cheney shot the guy in the face hunting partridges or whatever? Uh, so, so Dick Cheney ran for the pres- president or vice president of the United States? He was a vice president with George Bush, but he, he shot a man while they were hunting. It was a hunting accident. It was buckshot, so it, you know it hurt, but he didn't kill the guy. Um, these, the Wranglers that weekend, that weekend gave away hunting vests that said, don't shoot me. I'm human. And it was Dick Cheney night at the rink. Like that kind of sense of humor stuff, you know, uh, the, uh, what was the, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, dot com that, that went, uh, Enron. The Enron nights in minor league baseball were fantastic. Like, nobody could come in. There's teams that have played games with no fans. They don't allow them in until the fourth inning. So, I, yeah, so, so, so baseball games, I think it's the fifth inning because once the mm. fifth inning has been played. Right, when they become game. official. You're right. And so teams have done that where it's like it's, it's no fan night. And yeah. so fans have to wait outside, and they're not allowed in until the end of the fifth inning. And then I saw in one example where they actually made them come over a ladder in the outfield wall and then enter the so you know it was as if they were sneaking in uh, yep. to the stadium. They didn't even didn't even allow them to come in. I, I saw another example, and again, this is where you know the crossover between a serious social issue and perhaps having a little bit of fun. And and you know sometimes you you have to be careful with with crossing the line. Well, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, and that you know. And I'll, I'll let you get back to your story. But I, I my caution to everybody is you got to be prepared to fail. Because I, I've had some ideas that I thought are a million bucks, and then you get them to the finish line, you go, ooh, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, and so the example that I was thinking of is they had a, a night what was silent night. And so I think um, I think it was getting close to Christmas, and so they were playing on the theme of Silent Night, the song, yep. uh, the Christmas carol. Nobody was allowed to make any noise once in the arena. They had sign language interpreters, and you had to use sign language to communicate, to order food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I... As long as things are done in somewhat respectful ways, Correct. I'm, I'm fully supportive of those sort of things. And then, you know, I think there are other examples, too, where the White Sox, I seem to recall, wore shorts um, yep. for a couple of games. Yep. And I think the players ended up, you know, scabbing their knees up and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to put put athletes at risk uh, well, as well. The Oakland, when the Oakland Seals came into the National Hockey League, they were uh, owned by Charles Finley, who who ran the Oakland A's. And a good friend of mine, I used to do Flames games on Sportsnet, and, and Charlie Simmer was my color analyst. You, some of you guys might remember Charlie Simmer, one-third of the Triple Crown line. He's you know, really good hockey player, but he, he broke, in with the, uh, uh, broke in with the California Golden Seals. And Charlie Finley thought it would be great if his team had white skates. And so he had the trainers paint the skates. The problem was the trainers kept painting the skates every time. So Charlie said you had like about an inch of paint on your skate. They were so heavy by the end of the year, right? Like, I'm not sure where that ends up, but, you know, sometimes craziness does, you know, lead you down a path. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it, but but to, but to Rob's point, and again, yeah. this could be a bit of an iterative approach where, you know, you come up with an idea, you check in with Rob or myself. I might even put you on to somebody else. And even as we get people like the Jesse Coles from the Savannah Bananas, ask them, you know, what they think as your ideas start to percolate and and see what their feedback is uh, for it. Rob, the next event that I want to talk yeah. about, of course, is one of my favorites and yeah. one that I'll be coming to soon. You know, you knew I was going to bring. Oh, this absolutely. Up how could I not yeah. is the connection with wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, how this came about and, t- sure. and the event that we did last November. Um, well, November first. of 2019, believe it or not. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah. And then what's coming up, I think it's March 5th. March 5th. When, yep. uh, when we're planning for it. Just talk a little bit about that. And, and even again, it's not even just the game itself. I mean, there was the whole lead up. Yeah, it. and it continues, and it continues today. Yeah, um, so one of the things that we do at CSEC, we have different groups that you know work with the teams. We we kind of have different departments. Uh, one of them is our group sales department, and we encourage you know that kind of creativity that you guys are talking about. And one of the one of the the salespeople there came up with this idea. She said, "Well, you know, Brett Hart is the namesake of your team. Why aren't you doing like a?" Uh, a wrestling night and I'm like cool and she goes I I think you should do wrestling matches after the game and I'm like very cool sure why wouldn't we well why wouldn't we is because where are you going to put the ring well you know what if we put it on the ice well you can't put it on the ice why can't we put it on the ice well you you can't no no we can why you know just all of these mental hurdles that people had put up. So we contacted a we contacted Brett and said, "Hey, look, Brett, this is you know this is what we really want to do." And for me, it was really important because I'm like David. He, Brett Hart was a huge influence on me, and I, and I was a huge fan of his growing up. And uh, you know, people in Calgary probably don't know this, or probably don't appreciate this now. The impact that he had in the '90s on this city. He was and probably still is by far our most well-known worldwide celebrity i would say there's there's an argument to be made that he's canada's most well-recognized athlete internationally 100 percent. he was in 1994 he was the german male athlete of the year just let that one sink in for a second like it's the, the his impact on this city is incredible and and of course he was part of the the ownership group that originally brought the Hitman into the Western Hockey League and really is the last kind of connection we have to that original um, group, and, and we adopted his name. And I, I, I wouldn't say that it was – I just didn't like when I got here. It just it, – it felt like, my God, you have this man in this name. Like, we should do something. And Brett is very much connected to Prostate Cancer Center, so it seemed like a logical thing. Let's build a game around raising funds for the Calgary Prostate Cancer Center. Um, I've already mentioned my love of jerseys, so I said, well, why don't we burn a theme jersey because we have three of them? Why don't we do one with Brett in mind? And we came up with a Brett Hart-inspired jersey, and the the kick there is that jersey we will then uh, auction off and did auction off with the proceeds going to uh, the Calgary Prostate Cancer Center. What's cool about those jersey auctions versus regular jersey auctions is you get the wrestling fan. So uh, just as an aside, uh, the week after we put those jerseys on sale, if you watch Monday Night Raw on Sportsnet, there was a guy in Texas wearing the Hitman jersey. He ordered it online, got it delivered, and that's the kind of cool stuff I did. Anyway, we we found a, a, a local uh, wrestling association that was into it, that thought it would be cool, that 
you know, we went and watched at their little house shows in Cedar Bray and, you know, just a small independent group and, and said, look, this is what we're thinking. We want to put a ring on the ice after the rest, after the game, the hockey game and run some wrestling matches. And they said, cool. And to me, this is what David's alluding to. I couldn't just do come watch wrestling. We had to do some sort of buildup. So we agreed that I would come to a PWA house show a month before the Bret Hart game, and we would bring a camera crew, and we would shoot an angle. So I went to this PWA wrestling event, and I had a, a Hitman jersey on, and and I brought a Hitman flag on a hockey stick, and the intermission, the commissioner brought me in, and the cra- and the fans went crazy, and you know, we were able to say, hey, you know, come see the Calgary Hitman on, you know, Mar- on uh, November 2nd as we honor Bret Hart. And, you know, Bret has his line, you know, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I got to say that and the crowd ate it up and chanted it back. But remember, we're talking about 200 people in a community hall. This was not going to move the needles, you know, ticket wise. This was all about, you know, content. So once I did that, a bunch of the bad guys jumped into the ring and I got punched and then I had uh, green mist spit in my face and then I had a hockey stick broken across my back. Um, the fact that I can see a couple of you and your uh, facial expressions are not changing one iota doesn't impress you, I get that. Having said that, we filmed all of it and we built a storyline around it that you know the bad guys beat the crap out of me and they're coming to my ring. This gave us social media content. This allowed us to build up the game on March, March, or pardon me, on uh, November 2nd, Bret Hart alone was going to be part of a draw, but now we had reason to promote the post-game wrestling, and we gave a storyline. So as we built up to it, we created a character called the Hitman Avenger. We got a, a Hitman wrestling mask, and, you know, uh, I was going to, you know, I guess, uh, you know, t- get revenge on the, those who wronged me, but friend of ours, uh, Brian McGratton of the Calgary Flames, former, you know, toughest guy in the National Hockey League, he got involved. So we made Brian the special guest enforcer in the main event. So we, we really just built a lot of wrestling. We did a, a press conference where we introduced the new, the new uniform, the, the black uniform that we were going to auction off. But prior to that, we had one of the wrestlers come in and we got into a big fight and there was a brawl, just like Tyson boxing, you know, UFC where it goes south. This went south and then they had the press conference. So just built and built and built and you know finally got to the day where you know brett we brought brett's ring wwf ring into the dome put it on the concourse and said okay for 20 dollar donation to the calgary prostate cancer center you can get a photo with brett hart so brett did this prior to the game for 50 minutes david i think and he took he got almost 800 people through like it was incredible um and that's because of the that's because of the efficiency of me as the bodyguard that's right that's right but what we did also is we empowered people and said, come dress as your favorite wrestler. And they did. And they loved it. And they chanted. And, they, and I would say, you know, we had a crowd of five to 6,000 people for the game. I would say three to 3,500 stayed for the wrestling afterwards. And it was an evening game, which means we didn't get the matches going till about, uh, geez, I want to say about uh, 9.30 or so. And, and we had to be out by 11. So it was a little bit rushed. But we, we put on the matches. Everybody went crazy. We got all kinds of video. We got all kinds of social content. And Brett was incredible. Brett was great. Um, and now we're back with our second one. So 
we're a little bit muted this year. We don't have the same run-up to it. I've got a jersey. We're going to do a press conference with Brett. We've got a, a few storylines, but we're doing a Saturday afternoon show, so 2 o'clock puck drop means we should be on the ice by 5, which means we can go to six thirty, seven o'clock, and the kids can stay. So very much, you know, come dress as your favorite wrestler, and people will take that. But, you know, D- David, that's another one where, you know, part of it is, and it's not unlike wrestling, if you believe it, then it's big. If, if you just kind of half-ass it, then I, I'm not sure what you get out of it. And I think, you know, it, it's difficult for some people in our business to understand that because they're very used to tickets and popcorn and, you know, we'll give away a bobblehead. This isn't that. This is a different way. But uh, it allows, you know, the Calgary Prostate Cancer Center a unique platform to tell their story. It allows us to honor Brett. It allows the fans to to come and enjoy something. And it, and it is something different. And uh, another opportunity to do a jersey, another opportunity to have some fun and, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of my favorites and another one that, you know, I think I can do this. I'm, I'm good. I, I've come in and, and I've proven that these things can, can be done. And that's something that I want the students to definitely keep in mind as they're planning and preparing for this. And you think of the three events that Rob talked about from the Calgary Hitman's perspective, whether it's the Teddy Bear Toss, the partnership with Six Sigma First Nation, or the wrestling one and the connection to prostate cancer is I want there to be an element of social good coming out of this as well. So there can be the, there can be the kind of the fun, you know, the disco yeah. demolition. Um, Chicago or the Cleveland Indians, when they were called the Cleveland Indians, um, they had a 10 cent beer night and that mm-hmm. just resulted in, I think mobs. Yeah. The actual, I think the fans actually came on and started almost attacking the players themselves and the players had to defend themselves. So we don't, we don't want to go down that path necessarily, but if there can be these combination of, kind of a silliness and a fun aspect to it, but in addition to a social good and the, the, that connection, I think that would be ideal. I think social, see, to me, I think that's, I think there's two driving forces right now in sport. It, sorry, at the, I guess at the ticket, what I call the ticketed level. When, and I'm talking about grassroots, when I'm talking about major, junior, or college, or any place that sells tickets up to the pros. I think there's two paths right now. One is social and the other is gambling. And and it's funny, you and I talked about gambling back when that first came up in 2018 and we were kind of looking into the future and the impact it was going to have. And we were off because it's been far greater than even I expected. But I think those are the, the, the two paths. So, you know, the social one I'm really proud of because I think, again, if, if you look at the next group of consumers, look at yourselves, you know, think about what goes into making your purchasing decisions now you're probably more you're more apt to look with a critical eye at those people that you're investing your money in what are they doing how are they giving back i truly believe that i'm proud of what we're able to say at the end of a hitman season this is this is the amount of money we put back this is the amount of hours we put back this is you know kind of your return on investment for becoming our fans and supporting us this is what we're doing in your community and i think that's only going to get bigger and i think you're seeing that you know, look at the Calgary Flames Foundation and the inclusion program that they launched and the $4 million they've invested there. That's where we're going. So, um, you know, you're right. Like, I think if you can put some social, but don't, you know, at at some point there's going to be something wacky that just is because it's wacky and, and, and that's okay too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the purposes of this project, I'd love you to be able to tie in a social good to it. But I think Rob, to your point, and I, you know, some of the examples I've seen, for instance, I came across a, like it was planning your own funeral. And so, yeah. you know, people came and if they, if they all wore dark clothes 
and the you know the draw at the end of it was you know your own funeral was paid for and you, they had mm-hmm. caskets out on the concourse area that you could you know bid on um you know take a look at it and, and you know this is a real this is a real thing that happens to people it's just not something that you talk about it you know the coffee shop with your friends or the bar on friday nights is planning your funeral but they tied that in there was another one um that looked at uh pregnancy and so i think if women came to the ballpark that were pregnant they were given access to midwives for free or whatever it was and so again it like very natural normal human things they put a spin on it um and made it much more of kind of a a, a fun uh, comical side of things. But again, there was the the true kind of human social aspect to it. So as you're thinking of ideas, it's okay to think about what are kind of some normal things that we do right. in our day-to-day life that somehow can be made more interesting, more entertaining, uh, buying a used car, I don't know, um, getting an oil change for your car. Like you think about the things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis, going to the dentist, that you don't particularly want to do or like to do, but is part of what you do. Um getting a prostate exam, like all, yep. all of these things. Is there a way for you to somehow connect these things into a fun experience? I think those are worth worth pursuing. And then the second angle that I, you know, students, I want you to start thinking about is what's happening. Um, like who are the people that are in the news? Uh, you know, again, some examples from the past. I think there was a Britney Spears night where she got caught driving with yep. her baby <clears throat> on her lap or something like that. And so, yep. you know, the giveaways for that night were baby seats. Um, car seats. And so you're kind of poking a little bit of fun, perhaps, at some celebrities and some of the things that they do, not unlike the, the Dick Cheney example, Rob, yeah. that you talked about um, with Las Vegas hockey team. But using those two, I mean, and even television commercials like that, you know, George Costanza, who is a Seinfeld character, so probably more from my generation, but is renowned for having connections to baseball and sport and stuff like that, and has been used in a number of promotional examples. So look at who kind of some of the current contemporary people are and you know you think about the super bowl yesterday and there was a social element even to the halftime show sure there was when eminem you know took his knee after he'd been told by the nfl not to do so (laughs) there was that social side to it they could have done so much more though um you know and me and maybe i didn't read into it enough but you think about again that, that that was definitely done for my generation um you know kind of that 80s 90s you know, hip hop, right. rap side of stuff that totally spoke to my generation. They could have done, I think, a little bit even more of the social good with that with that presentation. The, the, the two things that I would ask you to be aware of: one is, you know, we we still are a business, so keep in mind sponsors. So when you talk about, you know, plan your own funeral night, well, guess whose door will be knocking on to see if they want to be part of it, right? McKinnis and Holloway or something like that. It's always good to have, especially if you can find an untapped market that in sports marketing and sports sponsorship, you know, I mentioned sports gambling, every, you know, that's everybody's trying to get a piece of that pie, but what are the other groups out there that might be like-minded? And then the other one is the law of unintended consequences, because the law of unintended consequences is the one that, um, that's the one I seem to bump up against. So I have I have two examples from where I cut my teeth in Estevan with the Estevan Bruins and the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I ran their operations and did their broadcasting for two years. And I stole a lot of ideas and brought a lot of ideas. And there's, there's two that stand out for me. One, 
Uh, and again, boy, this sounds like, hey, I took a class where I get to watch two old guys talk about the 90s. But the Drew Carey show was really popular in the 90s when I was in Saskatchewan. And they did a cold opening to this sitcom one day where they taken two leaf blowers and a balloon and they were playing leaf blower hockey in their office. And this was just a cold open. Might have been 30 seconds and then, boom, into the introduction and the, the sitcom happened and they never went back to it. And I thought, wow, that's freaking amazing. So I got a beach ball. And I got four contestants, and I borrowed four uh, leaf blowers from the city of Estevan, and we played uh, leaf blower hockey in the intermission of an Estevan Bruins game. And I got to tell you, it was fantastic. Up until the part that I realized we were using gas-powered leaf blowers in an unvented and unventilated arena, and now we had a big, thick, blue smoke haze above the ice and a whole bunch of people coughing and choking so the law of unintended consequences my best biggest success in estevan was a suitcase party we had a sponsor um white bear casino and they gave us a weekend uh in their uh, presidential suite up by carlisle saskatchewan so 60 minutes away from estevan but anyway um and we just invited all of our um, season ticket holders and all of our ticket holders to bring a suitcase. And the deal was, if you brought a suitcase and you put it on the ice, then you were prepared in the second intermission, if we grabbed your suitcase, to drive up and spend the weekend in White Bear. And uh, they sent the limo. They sent the White Bear limo. We had 400-plus suitcases on the ice in intermission. They loaded them up, and they just dropped them off as they came in, and then we had volunteers put them on the ice. We had a big, giant pile, and we put Willie the Wolf one day we'll talk about why Willie the Wolf was the mascot of the Esteban Bruins, but here, that's not for now. Uh, Willie, we, we played music, and we, all right, when the music stops, Willie's going to grab, and Willie's diving, he's swimming through for about 60 seconds, the mascot's playing, and then bang, he, music stops, he grabs uh, a, a, a suitcase, and he holds it up, and you can hear this shrill scream from across the arena, and a lady comes running down to the glass, it was hers, she was happy. All the volunteers came. They pushed all of the, the suitcases to the end. I got in the limousine because the limousine driver wouldn't drive it on the ice. I drove the limousine onto the ice, put the woman and her husband in the car in the limousine. Everybody cheered, drove it out outside. Uh, limousine driver got back into it. He drove them. They had the greatest time. They were in white, which is the one that I want to bring here, like, can you imagine that a roughnecks game and we're going to it's a suitcase party and we're going to fly you to to Vancouver we're going to fly you to Halifax whatever for the weekend can't bring suitcases into the building can't bring bags into the building the law of unintended consequences that's why we haven't done it that's why we haven't done it that's exactly why we haven't done it so i'm still noodling a workaround for that because i think can you imagine now we have an april fools game now i can't do the the suitcase party this year but i wanted to do a su- suitcase party for the april fools game and you come and you got to be ready to go and we pick it up and WestJet's going to fly you to this destination this hot you know great vacation destination it's a friday night and you're going to stay all weekend courtesy of the calgary roughnecks and we do the same thing and howie the honey badger would come up with a bag congratulations you're going to edmonton um <laughs> Because it's April Fool's, right? Anybody from Edmonton? Nobody? Nobody? Okay. But it's funny. 
Uh, but yeah, the law of unintended consequences, you kind of have to be aware of, you know, some of these great ideas, but they'll have limitations that you just don't think of. Right. So Rob, we're getting close to kind of the what? end of our time. That can't uh, be right. I know, I know, I know. I do want to make sure that I, I provide opportunity for students though, to ask any questions, kind of throw out even some ideas. Um, so just make sure this is your chance to do so. And I want to make sure I present that opportunity to you. Um, so again, we've got about a month to work on this project. Are there, is there anything out of bounds um, from uh, events, to, you know, kind of special promotions, event style things that we should avoid looking at? Mm. I hate putting parameters on that. I mean, good taste, obviously. And I, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I think that history, you can go back in history and there's going to be some things in the light of day today that just don't look good. Yes, um, yes. You know, uh, to me, you have to be aware of what the ask is to the fan, right? Like, you know, wrestling, you know, well, Rob, you might have 7,000 in the building and you only get 3,000. How's that success? Because the game's two and a half hours. It's going to take another 20 minutes to get the ring set up and then two hours of wrestling. Now we're into a four, four and a half hour event. That's an awful lot to ask of people. So that would be the one, you, you know, why don't you do two teddy bear tosses? Mm, you know, one is enough. I, I want to be careful because I don't, I don't think we dream enough. And why, that's why I want this group to do is dream a little bit here. Like, you know, I don't. I don't want to poke air in anybody's balloon. Just to me, the the one thing comes is good taste, and you, you know, I can appreciate there's a sometimes a want to cross a line and and everything like that. But you, you still have a responsibility, you know, in the eyes of the league, in the eyes of the sport, in the eyes of your ownership or whatever, to you know, to do things in good taste. I personally believe we should walk right up to the line, kick dirt over it, look over it, but there is a line. <clears throat> Thank you, Rob. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I, I think our conclusion today is, again, as per usual, we have not really solved it. We solved nothing. That was really not our intent either. Um, it was more just kind of talk about kind of benchmarking and giving ideas and kind of setting a scene um, for my students to think about creating their own special event and promotion. Yeah. Is there anything, are there any examples that either you've done or you've heard about that we want to make sure that we share with students before we kind of sign off as kind of best practices or some really fun things that you've kind of come across. Oh, well, and again, I, you know, I probably already said them. I think, you know, for social good, it's, it's having an invested partner in it. You know, we tried to do some things, you know, for in, in, in kind of in a cultural significance way, but if you don't get that culture's buy-in, if they're not an active part of it, it's sometimes it's difficult to do it, right? I think I think the Anaheim Ducks did one just recently where they connected with the southeast the South Asian community. And they well, had a whole South Asian. Thing. Well, I, I I point you in the direction of the Vancouver Canucks because I don't think the Van, I don't think anybody does it better with that community than the Vancouver Canucks. They did uh, Chinese New Year uh, warm up jersey. They've done uh, Diwali celebrations and things like that. They they have but they have that buy in from the communities, right? And that that goes a long way. So. Th that would be the, the best practices. And, and the other one is, if you believe in it, if you really believe in it, stick with it. Because I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of gatekeepers. There's always a lot of gatekeepers. And, um, you know, I, I, I use a line around here all the time. You know, a camel is a horse designed by a committee. 
right? And sometimes I don't want camels. Sometimes I want horses. So I do tend to keep things a little bit closer to my vest because I, I, I do like collaborative. I do like, you know, workshopping things and stuff like that. But sometimes the best ideas need to be championed. And, um, you know, to me, and again, I, I said it just a couple of seconds ago, we don't dream enough. We need to dream more. And, and I, I would encourage that. And, and to me, people love free. Honestly, love free. Free 99 is absolutely, right? How much did you pay for that sweatshirt? That's right, nothing. Um, and I know this from my radio days. We would, if we were going to do a remote broadcast, what are we giving away? Just give something away. Come down and get a pencil. A pencil? Holy crap, it's Saturday and I don't have a pencil. Where can I get a free pencil? I mean, it's, it, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being hard on fans. I'm not being on... But human nature is what what am I getting? What's the benefit of this? So, you know, I, I I love to do bobbleheads and I love to do, you know, giveaways and stuff like that. There's an investment in those. But if you can find a way that your fan gets something out of it or the person coming to the game gets something out of it, goes home with something, that's just always that much better. A free rapid test. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a promotion, all right. So to my students, what I want you to be thinking about is what's happening right now from a cultural perspective, from a a celebrity perspective, from a social uh, perspective, and how can we incorporate this into uh, a game day, game day delivery? Okay, so last call, last chance for students to ask any questions or pose any ideas that they might be percolating with already. Well, we've done it. The, The perfect podcast. There were nothing left on the table. All answers were finished, fulfilled, right? Rob, thank you. Thanks. Uh, That's thanks. it? That's all? They have other classes? Lives? They're going to fulfill? Yeah. All right.